Welcome to B&B Financially Free, the podcast for ambitious individuals chasing financial freedom through buying short-term rental investments. We're your hosts, Chantel and Peter, and we're the founders of Good Neighbor Realty. Our brokerage has helped hundreds of people turn their active income into passive income by buying unique properties in incredible locations that are earning a ton of money. On this show, we'll bring on a diverse range of guests from industry experts to everyday people who have achieved extraordinary results in their short-term rental investments, businesses, and personal lives. Whether you're seeking tactical advice or trying to unlock your richest life, BNB Financially Free is here to join you on the journey. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of BNB Financially Free. We could not be more excited to have special guest Amir, who is the founder of Rabu with us today. Amir, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, Chantal, Peter, so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, excited to chat today. We are as well. Um, so we have lots of burning questions for you. I'll let Peter kick us off um, today. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that I'm sure everybody is uh, you know, kind of wanting to know is... What is Rabu? What services do you provide? Uh, what value do you provide to all of our real estate investors? And uh, you know, what do you uh, what do you think that the company is going to do in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to provide some context. Rabu has honestly been a lot of things, but the thing that we are really focused on, and I think it might make sense for me to tell a little bit of a backup uh, background story at some point. But what we are right now is we are a platform that helps real estate investors find short term rentals, Airbnbs to buy anywhere in the United States. Uh, we have a free set of data tools at rabu.com that anybody can use absolutely for free to research a particular address, to research a market, or to look at properties that are for sale in MLS. We also have a newsletter that we send out with some of the top properties that we find uh, on a daily basis. So really, we want to be your go-to resource if you're looking to invest in short-term rentals, if you are looking for data to make your purchase decision, to get connected to a realtor, to a lender, to wherever else you may need. In your short-term rental journey, we want to be the place that you go to to start that journey. So, um, you know, your short-term rental investment platform. I love that. Yeah, and I I know that a lot of our clients will come to you guys to, you know, look at what a property could earn. But then, you know, there's a lot of people that need a short-term rental-friendly lender. There's a lot of people that need a short-term rental-friendly um, realtor. And then also the fact that you guys do advertise so many off-market properties specifically to your network is pretty cool. Um, tell us about like how can people get connected with Rabu and like what is what is the cost? Yeah, great question. The best way to get started, go to Rabu.com, R-A-B-B-U.com. Uh, works great on your phone, works great on you know your computer. Uh, again, free to use. Um, you do get a little bit more features if you sign up for a free account. But again, it's a free account. You never have to pay for anything to use Rabu. Uh, but it's very easy, very simple to get started. Just go to our site and start exploring. That's what we kind of tell people to do. You know, if you're thinking about turning something to short-term rental, uh, one of our kind of most popular tools, we're calling it revenue estimates. But basically, it's like the Zestimate for short-term rentals. You type in an address, the number of bedrooms of your property, we tell you how much that property can make based on other Airbnbs in the area, give you the ability to filter that down, to do a comp selection. So really kind of powerful tool to educate you on what it takes to be a short-term rental investor and how much money you can make. I love that. And you said it's free for users to use all of these services? 
Everything is 100% free. Um, you know, again, think of us as like the Zillow for short-term rentals. So, you know, you go to Zillow and it's free for you to browse on Zillow to see what properties are for sale. We do the same exact thing, um, just really focused on short-term rentals and short-term rental data only, not tradable residential homes. Nice. So, Amir, tell us, how do investors use your platform and what is the cost for them to use it? Yeah, so... Great question. Um, first of all, platform is completely free for anybody to use. So 100% free. It is a little bit um, more optimized if you create an account. Um, but besides that, and even to create an account, it's completely free. So completely free. You never have to pay a penny yeah. to use the platform. Uh, most people use it really to right. research properties, whether it's an existing address or if they're looking to say, let's say, okay, I'm intrigued in, in Breckenridge, right? Well, how, how many other Airbnbs are in Breckenridge? What's the best amenity I can add to my property in Breckenridge to get the best return out of it? Uh, or they, we also have a tool that, is, that looks at properties for sale in a market and automatically underwrites it for short-term rental return. So you can then go search for properties that are currently for sale in Breckenridge and see if uh, one meets your criteria. So uh, really, it's those three things, researching an address, researching a market, or looking at properties to buy. And again, everything's completely free to use for, for, the, for users. I think that's amazing. And I've really seen you guys do an incredible job of bringing off-market properties to your network. Um, how do you get connected with those opportunities? And would you say that a lot of these opportunities are being exclusively advertised to your Rabu network? Yeah, great question. You know, it's, it's been interesting. We've always sent out the last two or three years, we've been sending out emails every Tuesday and Thursday with properties that we found ourselves that we think would make great Airbnbs. And we started sending those out. We actually started getting inbound inquiries from people that had properties that they wanted to sell that, that would, they, and they would say, I know you have a dedicated subscriber base of you know, people that are short-term rental investors. Can we, before taking it to the market, before taking an MLS, can we see if we can sell it to one of your users? So uh, usually these properties are off-market kind of people, sellers, or agents come to Rabu as a first place to see and market that property because they know they that by working with Rabu, they can market directly to short-term rental investors who are most likely to be interested in the property they're selling. So 90% of the time, um, those off-market properties are only advertised through us. Um, so that's been, that's been great to kind of see the opportunities that we've been able to create for a lot of sellers and a lot of buyers uh, at the same time. For sure. Uh, I think we've gotten to use Rabu to market multiple off-market properties. And I think we've had like five or so buyers directly from your platform. And something that I really like about your customer base is they're all sophisticated investors. Like at the point that you're actually, you know, analyzing a deal, you're not typically a casual investor. You're someone who understands that like you need to be able to hit a certain yield to actually be profitable. And so I really love um, the quality that you guys have in your database. How big is your database now? So we've had on our platform, we've had almost a million people use our platform to research properties to buy. So over the last three years, which has been really exciting to see, you know, on the recurring emails that we sent out, there's, you know, upwards of 30, 40,000 people that we send those emails to, just depending on what criteria it meets for that, it, the, the, what criteria the property meets itself. So it really depends. but. I really appreciate you saying that, Chantal, about how more educated our 
users see. And that's really the goal of the platform. We really want to educate people on short-term rentals as an asset class. It's really, I mean, vacation rentals have been around for a while, but being utilized as an asset class, as an investment property, that hasn't been as prominent until recently. And it's a steep learning curve, right? Somebody, you can't, you can't just go to your local real estate agent who's might be even the best, you know, residential real estate agent in in Breckenridge uh, and expect them to really understand what the short-term rental revenue potential is, what yields to look for, what makes a good investment property, what doesn't. That requires a lot of education. Um, and that's what we that's what we provide. A lot of our users are also real estate agents. So it's been really interesting to both educate the buyers, the investors themselves on the things they should look for, but then also the the realtors. Um, in our opinion, this asset class is becoming professionalized. It needs the tools to do so, to educate yeah. everybody around it. And that's what we're aiming to accomplish. And that's why the tool is free, is that we want as many people to have access to this data so that they can learn and make the right financial decision for themselves. Because you know, buying a real estate property, investment property, is a significant undertaking. Um, it can be extremely uh, profitable. It can be wealth creating. But if you make a mistake based on some false assumptions, it can be incredibly costly as well. So um, we want to make sure that data is transparent and everybody can make as educated of a decision as possible. So um, again, I appreciate you saying that. It sounds like we're we're achieving that goal with our users. Yeah, and we um, we actually really appreciate uh, your network as well. I mean. Our audience uh, is uh, hopefully is pretty sophisticated as well. We're trying to, you know, get everybody that we, uh, I guess we're, we're trying to get like every service um, on this podcast so that we can provide the best value for our people. Um, it's Rabu is an extremely like impressive platform. And we just want to know like, you know, what, what motivated you to start this company and um, you know, like, how how long did it take you to do this, and and you know what your goals are in the future are for this for this for this platform? Yeah, it's a great question, Peter. And I think um, I alluded to this at the beginning. Rabu has had many kind of forms, um, and we really to get to the point where we are now. It's taken quite a bit of a journey. You know, I've been doing this. I started Rabu, and think honestly, I forget. I think 2016, maybe. Uh, and it originally started as a portfolio that I was building with my wife for myself of short term rentals. So. We're based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, in 2016, my, uh, I was part of a tech startup that was acquired by NBC Sports and was trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. My wife and I had just purchased our own a primary residence in Charlotte, happened to have a detached garage with a room above the garage to be turned into an Airbnb, just hoping for some discretionary income. Next thing you know, we, it's paying the mortgage in our house. We're like, okay. This is interesting. We this little two hundred square foot room above our garage is paying the mortgage in our on our house in a really nice neighborhood in Charlotte. There's that's that's interesting. There's something here. So we went in and got a couple more properties. All performed exceptionally well, much better than they could have as long term rentals. And you know, kind of came to us like, okay, there's an opportunity here. So we went out and started looking for more properties for ourselves. But as we went through that process, we realized there was a big need by other people other investors to actually find properties and manage properties themselves as Airbnbs. So we stopped looking to build our own portfolio and started Rabu with the idea of being a property management company 
of short-term rentals that primarily works with real estate investors. Um, and as part of that, yeah. we always answer two questions. You know, how much money can my current property make? So that somebody has a long-term rental, they were wondering, hey, should I convert this into a short-term rental? Or two, can you help me find a new property to buy? And, you know, being that we were focused on managing properties for real estate investors, we said, let's figure out how to solve for this. So we ended up building an internal tool that did that. So anytime we, had, we were talking to a potential client, we would, we would help them do that. It got to the point where it just made sense for us to take that internal tool that we had and put it on our site just to kind of limit the number of uh, team members we need to convert somebody from a potential lead to a property management customer. And we did that and made the tool free like it is now. And it just exploded in popularity. We went from managing 20 properties to 400 properties in a year and a half from just being in Charlotte and Savannah to being in 40 different markets managing properties on behalf of investors. And 90% of them came through using our tool at that point. It was on data.ruple.com. So we saw amazing growth. But we ran into an issue of, hey, you know, property management by itself is very, very hard. Building a great data tool by itself is very, very hard. And we're trying to do both at the same time. It was a hard juggle, right? It's just, you know, we were good enough in both to have good traction, but neither one was like jumping out and kind of becoming the best in class. Um, and what we saw based on kind of the market conditions and the opportunity in front of us is that the data tool had the biggest potential and had the biggest need in the market. You know, there are other great data tools out there. I'll never speak badly of AirDNA, for example. They're a good resource. We always yeah. encourage people to use both Rabu and AirDNA when they're researching an asset because, again, you're buying something that's, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not even a, bi- a million dollar more, get as many data points as you can. But we wanted to be an even easier, a more simple to use and less paywall provider of a very similar data and really focus on only that clientele, which is the investor trying to buy a short-term rental uh, as, a, as, an, as an investment property. So uh, we decided to uh, transition out of property management in May and now went all in on being the data platform for real estate investors. So that's where all our focus is. Our focus is on providing the best data and best experience for our users and then connecting them to the best resources that, so that they can complete their short-term rental journey. You know, in our minds, um, you know, because the asset class is so new, you need resources, a lot of resources to be successful in this space, right? You need the data to find a property. You need a realtor that can help you negotiate the best price and can kind of go above and beyond what the data can provide, right? Rabu can provide you the best data, but we don't, we're not the boots on the ground that understand the market as well as a local realtor, as well as you guys can, for example. Then we want to connect you to the right financing partner because not at, your local bank won't, for, won't provide you financing in most instances for, for short-term rental, right? And then depending on if you want to manage yourself or if you want to hire a property manager, we want to connect you to the right group. So really, it's all about being kind of that resource that pulls all the all the aspects that you need to be to run a profitable short-term rental together and makes it as easy as you for as easy for you as possible makes it less desperate as it is now uh, and really tries to streamline it for for our users. I love that. Yeah, and I think um, you said so. You have so much going on with like your experience as well as like where Rabu is heading. I kind of want to unpack that 
Um, so a lot of our listeners are people that are very entrepreneurial. And the fact that you actually started by onboarding 400 properties is nothing to shake a stick at um, in just a year. So I actually, when I hear that, I'm like, wow, you guys are extremely good at marketing. How do you think you got such an audience? Do you think that it was that your product was just so revolutionary that it just grew organically? Or what was it like to get the attention of so many people so quickly? Yeah, so we, we, we all we think about that question quite a bit. And I think, you know, the way you become really good at something or, or start getting popularity, start getting traction is by providing a lot of value very quickly and easily. And I think that's what we did. That's what that was kind of the secret sauce of our tool. It wasn't behind a paywall. It was as simple as here's a address bar, type in your address, and then we'll tell you how much money they can make. So making it really simple just made it um, made it extremely easy for people to be like, oh yeah, okay, this is great, right? Hey, by the way, Jenny, check out this tool that I found, right? It's easy to share. It's easy to interact with and you know, simple to use. Um, and I think people appreciated that. So we saw our usage grow from you know, a, few thou- a few hundred to over you know, 50,000 in less than uh, 12 months. Uh, really marketing, marketing in itself. Yeah. So, uh, knock on wood, you know, uh, especially this, in this, this time and age, uh, people are still interested in the SaaS cost, regardless of what you hear about, you know, Airbnb cost and all that. I think there's, as you know, there's still some great opportunities out there to find a, a investment asset. Yeah. That's awesome. So like, I guess like with all of your experience managing, like, you know, over 400 properties, um, we are hearing that like Airbnb bust a lot. We especially went to we just went to the Bigger Pockets conference and we heard that buzzword probably a bunch of times. <laughs> Bigger Pockets also sent out an email like right before the conference saying like, "Hey, is Airbnb like such a shaky platform and is it going to last uh, that much longer?" Um, so you know that that is definitely out there right now. Uh, so like, yeah, with your experience, uh, what are you seeing in the 40 markets that you're managing in and, you know, in your, your personal uh, portfolio as well? Are you seeing any drop off or like, are there any tips that you can give our listeners for, uh, for the future? Yeah, absolutely. So we no longer, just to be clear, we no longer manage properties ourselves. Uh, yeah. We stopped managing them in, in May to fully focus on the data tool. But we did learn a lot, especially in the last year, you know, on what, what it takes. So, you know, and you have plenty of data that supports it even internally. The fact is that demand for short-term rentals hasn't slowed down. In fact, it's been going up and it's been going up considerably over the last, you know, three, four years. Um, it is nowhere, it's not growing as fast as it did during the pandemic. That's for sure. Um, it's really more stabilized long-term growth versus some of the explosive demand growth that we saw during the pandemic. Um, and really, what we've also seen is a growth in supply. So more and more short-term rentals are popping up on the market. Um, and the growth in supply is outgrowing the growth of demand. So that means that there's some price compression on how much people are able to charge on a nightly basis, maybe some impact on occupancy, things of that nature. So you know what that really means is, yes, there is less money. To be made on a per property basis now and then there was you know a year or two years ago, but you know, transparently that was never sustainable. Um, 
you know, some of the outsized returns that were happening on just mediocre assets. Uh, so I think what we're seeing now comes back to what I think I mentioned earlier, which is like the asset costs becoming professionalized, realizing that you can't just take any property, throw some IKEA furniture in there, some furniture on Facebook Marketplace, and expect it to make you know thousands of dollars a night. You really now need to be focused on finding the right asset in the right market, furnishing it and designing it the right way and managing it the right way. If you do those things, you're going to be just fine. Um, and again, the returns might not be as high as they were you know, in 2021 and 2022, but they're still going to consistently return higher and better returns than you would get off any other real estate asset class. You know, buying a long-term rental right now, especially in this interest rate environment, is, is non-existent. So if you're looking into acquiring real estate to grow your real estate portfolio and are looking for returns, short-term rentals continue to be your best bet. Uh, and there's there's no question about that. Uh, yeah. You just have to be, it's just harder now than it was a year or two years ago. But honestly, that's okay. And that's how it should be. Um, you know, it's short, invest, real estate investment is not easy. Um, it's not, it was never easy. It was easier, you know, in 2021 and uh, parts of 2022 um, when the demand was so much higher than supply. But uh, it's still a great place to be because there's very few other places where you can see the kind of returns you can see from from short-term rentals. I could not agree more. And I think what you said is important is, you know, short-term rental investors are getting the highest return out of any asset class in today's market. There's not, you're not going to be able to make cash flow in most cases on a long-term rental with the interest rate environment being. 8% at the time of this recording. Um, with that being said, and I, I also agree with you, there's there's always room for professional short-term rental investors to still make significant cash flow. Um, like we're seeing kind of a trend towards the people who are buying really quality properties, spending a significant amount in furniture and design there's still a lot of money to be made in those types of properties. Peter and I recently purchased a property um, in December of last year. We ended up launching it mid this year. And even with the high interest rate environment, because it's a higher end property, it's, it's geared towards a customer that is not as affected by today's economic environment and still isn't so it's still getting extremely booked and we're set to net about 60,000 on that asset with an 8% interest rate. Um so with that being said, what are you seeing from just investors in general right now? Are you seeing more fear in that if are you seeing more fear from investors to get started in today's interest rate environment? Yeah, I think people are being more selective now than they've ever been. Um, well, not that they've ever been, but they've been in a long time, right? Because um, nobody's really unsure, you know, if you kind of hit the peak, right? You know, everybody's thinking that real estate prices might drop, that interest rates might drop. There's a lot of people kind of delaying action because, you know, the deals just aren't as great as they were a year or two ago. But there's really never a better time to buy than right now. I mean, that's kind of the constant phrase yeah. because... You know, people were, you know, I was just, I had lunch with another real estate short-term rental investor uh, yesterday, and he was talking about how people were kind of rolling their eyes at him because he had just sold one of his investment, short-term rental investments that he had at 3%. 
to cash out in equity to buy a bigger uh, and better property in, that he's paying six and a quarter for as of, you know, I think May or June. And it's like, people were laughing at me then, but I got a lot of equity out of it. And yes, you know, my interest rate is higher at six and a quarter, but I still generate a, a good return on my equity. Um, and now interest rates are even higher, right? So it's like, it was the right time to buy. And if they ever drop below six or five or four, I can always refinance. In the meantime, I have a cash flowing asset and I have equity uh, that I've cashed in on. So I'm in a good spot. Um, so really, yes, there's people are less, less likely to invest now than they were a couple of years ago. Um, they're more timid, but the right ones are still taking the steps and they're not, they're not waiting for the market to turn because by the time everybody has realized it's, that it's turned, it's too late. The competition is there. So people are being proactive and taking advantage of a time where there are less buyers right now than they were. You know, we all know what the situation was like in 2021, you know, where you'd see, you know, 20 offers in a property in itself with 30, 40% above asking. So. Uh, those aren't the times anymore. So now is an interesting time to be really have the opportunity to be a little bit more selective and find the right asset. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree with that. Like we're seeing that in you know the, our Colorado market as well. Um, things that used to be have like you know twenty offers on it, and you know now now are sitting for you know thirty days. Uh, so our investors have a little bit more time to think about it, a little more time to do a little analysis. Uh, and then you know we're we're consistently offering a lot less than than asking and and you know sellers are willing to they give us a lot of concessions these days. So, yeah, exactly. It actually gives yeah. you the opportunity to make an educated buying decision, right? It doesn't. You know, it used to be when we used to send out our emails, we had to like wait till the morning to send out the emails because if we if we curate the emails the day before, there's a decent chance that it would be on a contract by the time we send it out by ten fifteen a.m. the next day, right? Because that's how fast things were going. So it's actually a healthy time right now because you can do the proper diligence on the asset before making such a large decision, <laughs> right? An important decision. So um, the, yeah. in my opinion, it's, uh, it's, it's if you have the means to get time to invest. Yeah. And I guess like with that said, uh, with, with your emails and with your network, are you seeing like a lot of uh, a lot of people kind of like selling their SDRs? Are you getting more off market uh, business these days? Honestly, it's been pretty consistent. We haven't seen a spike. Um, you know, it, you kind of you hear that if you're online on Twitter or on Facebook, you kind of hear all the everybody's in trouble. Nobody's making enough money uh, right. off the rentals, and they're all just selling them left and right. We really haven't seen that anything really jump out from our perspective. It's been consistent over the last couple of years on on interest in both buying and selling. Um, so no, really nothing unusual. I think some of it is more kind of hype that you see on social media. I want to jump back into just you creating this business. Are you the sole founder? Did you find the company with anyone else? How big are you guys now? Did you have to raise money? I would love for you to just kind of talk a little bit about the creation of Rabu. Yeah. So the company actually started with my wife and myself. So my wife and I, you know, we obviously, I mentioned earlier, we, we purchased that property in Charlotte as a primary residence. So that was the, that, it was us starting it. Um, once we got a couple more properties and realized the opportunity that we had, I joke, I, I kicked my wife out, but I really didn't. She, but she, we, she was no longer associated with the business just because we wanted to separate. 
you know, once we decided we wanted to go take this further, we wanted to separate, you know, personal and business. I wanted to come home and not talk more business, just be able to be with my wife and my kids and not worry about work on a consistent basis. So um, at that point, once we realized, decided to make that kind of pivot, I went to a co-founder, who's now a co-founder, James. He's a full stack developer. So he's the one that built the, the, the tool itself that everybody uses. So uh, I partnered with him and said, hey, James, this is what I'm working on. Can you help me build out the backend technology to operate? And initially, it was the technology, the property management technology, um, like our property management system, communication software, all that fun stuff, pricing software. We built all that internally. Then once we realized there was this need to underwrite properties and give revenue projections, he built that. Uh, right around that time period is when we brought on, we actually raised uh, a, a money a round of capital, a million and a half dollars, um, and then ended up bringing in a third co-founder to run operations and product for us, Trent. Uh, so there's three co-founders uh, came in at different times. Um, and at our peak, there was 30 people at the company. Uh, when we ran property management, um, you know, because we had foreign properties, we needed the team members on the operational side to to manage it. Now we're down to uh, only a handful of us um, focusing on the data side. We're trying to be lean and efficient. One thing we've learned and we've loved all our team members that we've had at the company, but it's hard. The bigger the company gets, the more it is around managing people. Um, and you sometimes can't move as fast as you want to um, because you know you're wor- you, you're working on making sure that your team is happy, that they're uh, aligned and what they're working on, things of that nature. So being down to you know a, a small team of a handful of people, it's honestly, it's allowed us to move faster. And the model that we have now just doesn't require us to have a large team either. So that's been uh, good and refreshing, and it's helped us kind of uh, move relatively fast over the last um, handful of months now that we're really focused on the data side. Love that. Um, so we're obviously in a partnership as well. Any tips for people that are going to start a partnership with someone, whether that's in purchasing a property or starting a business together? I mean, I think for Peter and I, when we started, we were like, "Oh, this is so cute. You know, we'll we'll start this little company together and we'll see what happens." And now it's like it would be harder for me to divorce Peter than my own husband. <laughs> how how has that gone for for you guys? <laughs> I mean, it, it really is. It's it's a uh, it's like a work, people joke it's a work marriage, but you really the, the relationship needs to be strong, right? You need to know that you're gonna go through your ups and downs, um, and you need to know that you are gonna be able to get along on a uh, on a daily basis. So that's really important. Um, you need to make sure the chemistry is there. But even like working with Fusion Hall, it's we love sending leads your way because we know you're going to do a good job of converting those leads into sales and or helping those groups sell properties. So you know, kind of creating, having that trust in the individual that you're working with can do and will do things that you don't excel at makes all the difference in the world. That allows you to work through the tough times when you might not agree on something or there might be issues. So really having that complementary skill set is is what matters the most and not just doing it for the sake of doing it. We've all been there. We've all made mistakes where something was a convenient partnership and then Going into it, he kind of knew there wasn't a workout, and guess what? He didn't, right? But it was just felt like yeah. the right, like it felt like the easy thing to do, and you know, felt good for a minute before you realize, yeah, that was almost desperate, right? So, um, kind of invested the time ahead of time to make sure that you know, okay, this is the right partner. 
were complementary, you'd be at the same type of kind of cultural standards, moral standards. I think that all is extremely important. And that's the, the mission for Lime, right? Um, our goal is to help real estate investors find short-term rentals to buy. Who is yours, right? So uh, the missions are aligned. So it, it's easy to work with a group like that because we can just say, here, talk to Chantal. I don't have to check in on Chantal and see if you're helping people close close the leads or if people are happy because the results speak for themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. And then um, the last question I have for you today is, you know, there are a couple of players in this space. Do you, is Rabu's data the same as what you would find on AirDNA? Is it basically a difference from like user experience or is the data actually different? And with that, how accurate do you think that the data is? Yeah, so great question. The data is very similar. Um, I think there's probably some slight variations in the algorithms that he used to present the results. Um, but I think at the end of the day, it's really all about the user interface and the experience and how easy it is for somebody to get comfortable with the revenue projection, right? We're all getting the data mm-hmm. from you know, Airbnb and from those other sources. Um, we might translate them slightly different, um, but to give an example, one of the big things that is important to us is that we give you the ability to do your own comp select. And so, you know, not only are is we it? giving you a revenue projection, we tell we allow you to filter out by you know certain ratings. We we'll allow you to go through each individual property and say, okay, this this isn't, so that you can actually yourself become more comfortable with the projection that we have. So, the data is very accurate. Uh, what we allow you to do is to go deeper on the data for free to get comfortable with the number. At the end of the day, unfortunately, just not unfortunately, just the I guess reality of the short-term rental industry, we can tell you with 99% certainty how accurate a projection is, but how it performs is really up to you. And what I mean by that is, you know, there's a big difference between short-term rentals and long-term rentals. And the difference is hospitality, right? You and I could have a long-term rental right next to each other, and we would probably rent it out for a similar amount unless one of us just has gross negligence and didn't pay attention to the market, right? We'll both <laughs> rent it out for $1,500 a month, right? Because that's just market for a two-bedroom in downtown Denver, right? I wish it was $1,500 in downtown Denver for two-bedroom, but you get my point, right? Now, if you and I have the identical property uh, in Breckenridge, right? Right next to each other, both have two bedrooms. the way I furnish it compared to the way you furnish it, the way I set the pricing compared to the way you set your price. I provide hospitality compared to the way you provide hospitality. The amount of days I want to stay in there compared to the amount of days you want to stay in there. You know, how well, Mike, how good I communicate compared to how you communicate. That can make a big delta in the actual performance yeah. itself, right? If one of, us, one of us exceeds with all those and the other one is kind of like lackadaisical about it, I put a Kia furniture in there, you put in, you know, Trading Barrel or West Elm or you know something more high end, you're gonna make more money. It's just is what it is, right? Because you went out above and beyond to execute on the strategy where I went cheap, right? So um, the data is accurate. It's not too different from what other providers have. We give you more abilities to to filter through it. But at the end of the day. On the actual returns, really depends on the individual and how they operate the asset. I mean, this is what it is in this asset class. Nice. I told you, Peter, that Crate and Barrel was worth the investment. Peter was, 
Peter was fighting me on that, but like. This is not it true matters. at all. I, you heard it here. I said, you do whatever you want. <laughs> here you go. I don't want any part of the design at all. That's yeah. what I said. You know, the, the, the interesting thing is, if you'd asked me two years ago, I would not say, say it matters as much, right? Because two years ago, it didn't matter as much, but now it matters. Now yeah. you really do need to make that proper investment because supply has grown. Uh, so to capture the top of the demand, you need to make sure you stand on and provide the best product, just like with anything else. Just like in your real estate services, you guys are, you guys are great at helping groups buy and sell short-term rentals. You're going to do a much better job than you know an everyday realtor who's much better at selling condos in, in downtown Denver, right? So um, really? it's really about the expertise and what you focus on and what you execute on. Yeah. And to your point, like, yeah, that's, that's totally true. Like I have two short-term rentals that I bought two and then two and a half years ago. And, uh, you know, they were really well designed back then. Uh, they were both making a little bit over six figures and where they were supposed to be, they were in the top 10% of, you know, Airbnb, uh, Airbnb comps in the, in the area. And now they're making, uh, you know, 20 K less than they were two years ago. Uh, maybe even more. So, because, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I need to add hot tubs. I need to redesign the furniture. I need to, you know, get even better photos, just new mattresses, whatever it is. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I feel it. Um, and everybody yeah. should be doing that. Yeah, the revenue is still there to be made. Um, it's just that, you know, competition has just made it harder to make that revenue. And so you need to adjust accordingly to make sure that uh, you are one of the first properties people look at when they're booking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I am seeing more and more people get out of the space. Like, I think it's important to talk about the fact that there is so much fear in real estate and in short-term rental investing in general right now. And so I'm with you. Like, I do think that right now is a time where people can actually get deals. And I think that the people that have not been hosting professionally, I'm already seeing them turn to midterm rental to long-term rental and so I think that there's going to be an adjustment in our industry. And I think that it's really going to become more and more professionalized and that the money will be there for those who are willing to compete. Yeah. Amir, where yeah. can people... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. The only thing I was going to add, Chantal, yeah, I mean, real estate is very rarely passive. You know, there might be some mm-hmm. master classes online that kind of tell you it can be passive income. It very rarely is. It's never passive in the short-term rental um, space. So um, you just need to be willing to put in the work and if you do, uh, you still be fine. Yeah, I agree with that. Amir, where can people sign up for Rabu? Like how do, how do people get integrated into your database? Yeah, absolutely. Just go to rabu.com, R-A-B-B-U.com, you know, play around, uh, check out our three, three different types of tools. Once you do, you'll be prompted to create an account. Highly recommend creating an account. Once you create an account, the experience will be a little bit smoother. Plus, you'll get subscribed to our uh, newsletter uh, that we send out on a daily basis and some of the best deals that we come across. Oftentimes, to feature your property, Chantal. So, um, yeah, it's a great way, great way to get started. Get yourself you know, at least educated in the space a little bit. Uh, and then when you're ready, um, you know, there's resources out there that can help you make the right decision and be able to be part of that. Yeah. And I, I really do want to encourage our listeners to go and check out Rabu because not only is it a great place for you to start analyzing properties, but 
It is one of the few platforms that I've seen that will scrape properties nationwide to show you, you know, some of the most lucrative investments. And even though I've been, you know, heavily investing in Colorado, it's really nice for me to see like what else is out there? Are my properties, you know, earning the same as, you know, a property in North Carolina or Washington or whatever it is? Like it just really allows you to explore like the entire nation. And then on top of that, like Rabu actually has access to really good deals. Like we've sold a lot of off market like properties through Rabu exclusively that never hit the MLS. And so if you're looking for unique short term rental properties, a lot of times that are fully furnished and have been successful, um, they're the place to look. And I will say, like to you all's credit, like you're selective with what properties you push out to. You don't take just any short term rental property. A lot of them have, um, you know, enough success to where someone could be successful, even if they were buying it with today's interest rate environment. Yeah, and, and that's the goal again about trying to educate the users. Um, is that you know it's easy to have the kind of false sense of hope. Oh, maybe if I do X, Y, and Z. We've seen enough of prop- enough properties now. We know what it's like to operate it, that we don't want to contribute to that factor. So we yeah. try to be really kind of selective about the assets that we include. Uh, and we're not perfect, right? Um, we always recommend people. We'll tell them, hey, this is going to be directionally correct. Um, we highly recommend you talk to a local real estate professional about the property itself, the market, because they'll know better than you know, data can is great, but it can only take you so far. You need a resource like um, a good neighbor on the ground to actually kind of get the full expertise and the full understanding of, uh, of the property uh, and the opportunity. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I think it was super valuable. And um, we'll make sure to link in the show notes where people can get signed up on Rabu. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me. And um, yeah, everybody, please feel free to check out Rabu.com. As always, thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend who's also interested in real estate investing. And don't forget to subscribe and give us a review wherever you listen or watch your podcasts.